From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Music has the ability to influence the mood of listeners, but is it powerful enough to calm someone who's agitated? Let's explore that idea. With me in the HealthLink on Air studio are Dr. Trevor Scudamore and Dr. Mark Weiner, two physicians who are residents at Upstate in the psychiatry program. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. So you've actually conducted a study on whether music can be used instead of medications to reduce severe agitation in patients who are hospitalized in a psychiatric unit, right? Sure. Yes. And now, before we get into that, has science proven that music has therapeutic value? Um, in and of itself, it's been shown that it can help in different clinical circumstances. Like it has been pretty extensively studied uh, about its utility in dementia. Um, there hasn't been that much done about its utility in the case of agitation. And so that's something that we wanted to explore. And let me ask you from the psychiatry perspective, what does, what is agitation? Is there a definition for it? Like a medical definition? Um, so agitation is basically, um, it's the behavior that someone exhibits when they have unmet needs or they're unable to communicate a need. And it's considered sort of a maladaptive response to that sort of frustration that builds up. And it can um, manifest in a variety of ways. One of them is physical aggression on a unit, um, yelling at staff, or disrupting, um, you know, the therapeutic environment in general. And it can be caused by, I'm assuming, any number of things can make a patient agitated. Yeah, it could be anything from, um, for example, like a a disagreement between them and a peer um, in a medical unit or a disagreement with a staff member or not getting their dietary needs met. I mean, the list can go on and on. But usually what it comes down to is that there's a, a need that's not being met. And then typically this has been treated with medication? Yes. So it depends on the level of agitation. You know, it ranges from mild to severe. Um, if it's mild, usually you try to... Uh, you know, calm the patient down, um, redirect them, and avoid medications. But when it reaches a kind of a moderate level where there could be a risk for uh, their own safety or the patient harming other people, um, then we start to look at medications. And usually we offer oral medications as the first option, and uh, the patient's offered this, and if they refuse, and the situation escalates and it becomes a dangerous situation, then they might need a, an injection. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, the routine procedure on the inpatient psychiatric unit. So you two were wondering whether music might be helpful instead of the medications. So tell me how you, how you set your study up. So, I mean, we basically had a, a question and that was overall, could we reduce the, uh, the patient's, uh, reliance on medications to, uh, de-escalate themselves and uh, calm down and uh, maybe overall reduce their level of agitation. Um, so what we looked at was um, when we offered music as an alternative uh, for the patient, if that reduced uh, the number of administered or given um, medi agitation medications. And so we, it was a six-month study um, and uh, basically there was three months with no music uh, during the project. And then there was another uh, three months where uh, music was offered as an adjunct treatment, as we like to call it. So the patients had a choice uh, whether they wanted to use the music or not. 
Yeah, and it's, it's not like they were uh, just suddenly made aware of this option. Uh, right when they arrived to the unit, they were informed that the uh, study was occurring and basically that um, music could be chosen um, during their stay. All right. So how would that, uh, how did it work practically? Um, did they have personal music or was it overhead? How did? Um, so there was a, an iPad uh, that was in the nurse's station that they had access to. And whenever the patients wanted to listen to the music, uh, they could choose to go and um, ask staff if they can have wireless headphones that were connected with Bluetooth. And once they did that, they were able to select the genre of their choosing. Um, and then they were able to, they were given the wireless headphones and they were allowed to listen to it for upwards of 30 minutes um, and to see if that can have an effect and help calm them down. So um, what were some of the genres that they could choose from? Um, it was everything from classical music to jazz to rock and roll, pop music. So their choice of a playlist that, did, did you put together a playlist or? Yeah, so there was some um, basically pre-pre- uh, uh, chosen playlists off the uh, music app and uh, they just had to choose the, uh, the genre of music and then it played itself out for them uh, during the treatment uh, period. So after the 30 minutes um, they would give the headphones back or could they continue listening or? This was a major concern um, from the nursing staff that the patients would not give back the headphones afterwards or that this could create a new situation. But what we found was for the most part, um, the patients did give up uh, the headphones afterwards and 96% of them uh, reported um, that they felt a lot less agitated and that mm. it helped them calm down. So you surveyed the patients themselves after yeah, we basically had two types of surveys. Um, one was from the nursing perspective. Um, they would see how the patient's uh, level of agitation was decreased and record this. And then the other was from the patient's uh, subjective experience. Um, basically, they would say how uh, the, the music uh, changed their uh, inner sensation of uh, anxiety and agitation. And the patients um, are all inpatient psychiatric patients with a variety of diagnoses, I'm assuming. Yeah, and the most common types of illnesses that, um, that the patients had in this uh, project were um, depression and, and, and psychotic spectrum illnesses. All right. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with psychiatrists Trevor Scudamore and Mark Weiner. They're both uh, residents in the psychiatry program at Upstate. So you, uh, you were initially looking to see whether you could use fewer medications. So what were your findings regarding that? The, the patients that ended up using the music did not use the medicine? or So... Um... What was made clear was that if they still needed the medication after they listened to music, it was still available to them. If they still, uh, you know, were exhibiting disruptive behavior or if they still had a need for it. So even if they were to listen to music and they still needed it, it was available. But what we did find was um, when you compare the three-month period wherein um, the music was available and the three-month period when it was not available, the amount of medications that are typically used for agitation were used less during the three-month period when the music was available. 
Um, and so, for example, the two most common medications that were used for agitation, which were, uh, Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, haloperidol and olanzapine, they were used at a lower frequency during the time when music was available. Now, what is, um, what's the downside to using the medications? Why would you want to necessarily see if um, music could be helpful? So uh, there's a couple of different reasons. Um, one of the reasons is that the medications um, could cause side effects, uh, like all psychiatric medications and medications in general. Some of those side effects can include some stuff that you really do want to avoid, like uh, weight gain, diabetes, involuntary movements, constipation. So you do want to avoid these kind of side effects whenever you can, of course. And the other is that you do, um, giving someone medications against their will is not, is not um, something that we want to do all the time because it sort of takes away a sense of agency and it can induce feelings of helplessness. And so, of course, that's something we want to do when already being on an inpatient unit, sometimes involuntarily, can be extremely stressful. Are there any side effects to music? Uh, so far as we know... Um, Not a single patient has said that they had a side effect. Okay. Well, um, I noticed in your paper that you said there was an increased use of a couple of medications during this time period, though. Um, Diphenhydramine and benztropopine? Yeah, benztropopine and uh, Benadryl. So these medications, uh, they're also given for side effects of antipsychotics. Uh, So that kind of uh, skewed our results because... Yeah, the Benadryl sometimes can be given for very mild um, agitation, um, but it's also used along with uh, cogentin um, to uh, deal with the side effects of uh, extra pyramidal uh, symptoms, um, which mm-hmm. is basically a movement disorder related to um, antipsychotic medications. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to clarify, ben, uh, cogentin is another word for benzotropine. Okay. Well, you also noted that during the three months when music was allowed, the length of stay was shorter for the patients who used music. Did you expect to see that? This was actually kind of a surprise uh, result because I think, you know, it was a kind of a decent uh, decrease. It was almost you know, two days uh, less on average during the stay. But um, and, you know, for these patients, especially the ones that, you know, might not benefit from staying on the inpatient unit longer than necessary um, and that need to get out basically into the community and get their outpatient treatment um, that could definitely be a possible benefit from uh, this treatment if it does directly improve that outcome so it's something that we will probably look at more in the future um, in our research well let me ask you what else you intend to do um, in terms of music as therapy are you going to do any more research projects? Uh, So we want to look into ways to incorporate it more into um, their treatment in general and make it more accessible to them. So one way we were going to look into doing that was having it so that they didn't need to go to the nursing station, for example, to use it. We want to make it, um, find a way to safely have it more available to them and whether and how exactly we're going to do that this time is we're not exactly sure. But we do want to make it as easy as possible for them to access these uh, ways to calm themselves down, such as music. Yeah. So we, we actually were thinking um, through some options here, yeah. um, possibly having the patients access uh, the, the iPad, let's say, behind plexiglass and push a button so that they don't have to approach the nursing station to choose the music. And then they can receive the headphones either from 
the uh, staff or it can be made available in another way. So we're kind of just at that point where we're trying to think how we can implement uh, these changes. Do you envision this as something that a patient um, would ask for or that a provider um, might suggest to them? Um, usually we allow the patients to ask for the music. Uh, basically because, uh, as we were talking about earlier, there's a, a sense of autonomy with being involved in their care. And the fact that they can choose uh, the music might also have an added uh, benefit for reducing their agitation. Uh, have you done any comparison between um, which genre might be more helpful than another? Or, mm. or whether there's a difference in listening to a type of music? Um, so we haven't looked at that uh, necessarily. We just wanted to, for the purposes of this project, let them choose um, to give them as much freedom as we could in, during the process. What, what made you think of music? Do you have music backgrounds, either of you? Um, well, I mean, I play, I'm very into it myself. I like to play guitar, so I've always noticed that it helps me to relax. So I figure if it could help me, then it could most likely help other people. <laughs> so. And, you know, it's, it's a very new area of research. Um, you know, most of the uh, previous uh, studies using music on... Um, medical floors or psychiatric units has been giving music to demented uh, patients and uh, seeing how they respond. But there's not so much um, background information on what types of music help which type of which types of patients um, in the uh, at least the psych, uh, you know, the general psychiatric population. So it's definitely something we want to look at in the future. Um, there are some uh, papers like there was one for a forensic uh, psychiatry journal that talked about basically hip-hop and working through the lyricism of that and the rhymes and the, the cadence and the beats associated with that kind of music is having a, a good a positive uh, effect at reducing um, anger and uh, stress in some patients. So this is a very new area and it's definitely something to look at. That's interesting. I appreciate you both coming here to share information about this with our listeners. My guests have been psychiatrists Dr. Trevor Scudamore and Mark Weiner. Uh, they're residents in the psychiatry program at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.